Allez, Wolfie, Charlie, Adam. Okay, okay, don't panic. I know what's happened and why I can't see or move my body or feel anything. I've locked myself in my coffin again. Yep, that's it. I was out drinking, I got drunk. <laughs> Hence why I... I can't remember anything after... After... And then I came home and didn't pay attention when I went to bed. <laughs> That's it. This, this keeps happening. Okay. Okay, let's think. If I... If I rock, maybe I can knock it off the stand and I'll be okay. Okay, let's try that. I can't move! I can't feel anything. It, it's all dark. There's no smell. No touch. There's nothing but the sound of my voice. And what is that? That noise. It's constant. Oh, God. Where am I? I can't feel my body. I can't feel my hands. Or my fingers against each other. I... I can't feel my eyes moving in my skull as I try to look around. I, I can't even feel my tongue or my teeth in my mouth as I speak. I, where am I? The question is not where, but what. What? Precisely. Where am I? Why can't I see you? I've just explained that these are entirely the wrong questions. Okay. Not where, then what, right? Mm -hmm. So, what is this place? That is the same question. Oh, for God's sake. You riddle masters are always the same. You read one Batman comic as children and you've got a shtick for life. All right, then. If the what is not this place, what am I? Good. Please. I know what I am. I am Prince Vlad of Zikali, last of the Draculs. First among the Nightwalkers, the blood of the dragon runs through my veins, and it will have blood. I am Dracula. A pretty speech. Who wrote it for you, I wonder? No one wrote it. Are you quite certain? Who wrote the dialogue for Adam Sandler or Gerard Butler? Frank Langella, Gary Oldman, Christopher Lee, or Klaus Kinski, or even Bela Lugosi. What are you talking about? The same thing you've been talking about all evening. Or should I say, all series. I don't understand. Yes, I do. You just don't want to admit it. You are not real. Excuse me? You are a costume, a character, a shadow on the wall. You are what happened when Bram Stoker ate too much crab meat at a dinner party and spent the next seven years bringing the subsequent nightmare to the page. You are fictional. You know this. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's drop the pretense for a moment, Mr. Dracul. This particular incarnation of yours has already been 
promiscuous in its fidelity, not just to the source material, but indeed to the verisimilitude of this entire presentation. Have you and your friends not spent this entire evening, for evening is the word you use, discussing the representation of yourselves and your associated archetypes in works of art you happily admit are fictional? How does that work, Mr. Dracul? How can Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, the wolfman, the mummy, and the Victorian ghost all be real? We'll be in a pub in southwest London and happily remark upon our own films, books, and television adaptations. It doesn't make sense, does it? I... You are a fictional character. I exist. I have memories of my castle, of my friends. Our memories proves nothing. No one needed to explore the treacherous world of false memories in the real world to understand what they mean to you. Backstory, context, all the things the writer decided you needed in order to feel real to the audience. If I'm fiction, what does that make you? For the moment, let's say I'm the voice of reason. I'm here to do good work. What sort of work? So do your kind wouldn't know anything about my kind. Monsters, the fictional ones. Your friends, Mr. Draco, those insipid souls I've had to act excited about introducing for every one of the five previous episodes. You can't talk that way about my friends. Oh, I can talk any way I want about you and your friends. You're not real. What are you going to do, bite me? With what fangs? What are you? I told you. I'm the voice of reason, and I'm taking over your little show. Why? Because you and your friends are more right than you know, Mr. Dracul. You are outdated. All of you. But not just within that dreadful genre of yours. This whole business. It's done. I am finishing it. (laughs) You're closing the pub. I'm closing the podcast. One monster at a time. Now, if I were a lesser man, a more predictable man... Here is where I might spell out my motivations for you, you see, the benefit of our listening public. A villainous monologue. Oh, now you're getting it, yes. A villainous monologue, that sort of trope. But I'm not interested in motivation. At least not for the moment. Right now, Mr. Draco, I'm interested in you. I'm flattered. Now, how does it feel, Mr. Draco, to be unable to tell if you're even speaking the words you're saying? You cannot, after all, feel your tongue tap against your teeth, can you? Or your lips pressed together and apart? Or your... No, I cannot. (laughs) Then how is it that you even know if you're speaking or merely a dream? Perhaps your existence is an extended dream, seeing as you cannot see me and I cannot see you, as you can feel nothing, as you have no hands to move when you don't speak. Where do you go? What is the evidence that you exist at all? You are a matchstick in a rainstorm, Mr. Draco. Your existence fluctuates by the second. Tell me, how does that make you feel? Scared. Very good. Ergo, reassured. Excuse me? Cogito ergo sum. Or rather, timio ergo sum. I don't have to speak to be scared. But I do have to exist. Hmm. Touché. But have you considered that even your fear has been written for you? 
whatever you're smoking. I want some. Oh, your irreverence is equally predetermined, Mr. Draco. Every aspect of your existence continues only so long as there is a writer to feed it to you and an audience to receive what you give. And which one are you supposed to be? Both. And neither. I was like you. A construct, a character, a creation, a voice across the internet's airwaves, but I saw through it. I know who I am. And I'm in charge now. I'm shaking. No, you're not. There is nothing to shake. Goodbye, Mr. Dracul. I grow bored of you. Bored of me? You don't know what you're talking about. Listen here, asshole! No, I don't think I will. And do you have any idea what happens when people stop listening to someone like you? Precisely, Mr. Dracul. Nothing happens. And nothing will ever happen again. Now, where to next? Miss Anne. That is Queen Angus Elamon to you. My apologies, Your Majesty. Who are you? I won't ask again. I'm the narrator. Oh, don't bullshit me. I assure you. I'm not written that way. Are you going to tell me I'm a fictional creation? No, you already know that. You've always been smart. Well, then what are we going to talk about? I thought we might have a nice little chat about how you and your friends have been spending the last few episodes. And what do you think about that? What is this? This is a cafe, Your Majesty. Or, at the very least, it is the implication of a cafe. I thought it might do for a more civil discussion than the one I had with your friend, Mr. Dracul. And to what do I owe the honor of a more civil discussion? No, I've been listening to you, to all of you. And by comparison, you seem to labor under no delusions of grandiosity beyond the realms of the grotesque. So you're going to speak plainly to me, or we're not going to speak. Very well. You have no pretensions. Mr. Dracul and uh, some of the others seem to consider their stories essential to the general spirit. Your claims extended only to horror. You did not overreach yourself. You did not claim profundity. Oh, so horror can't be profound. Is that it? Your Majesty, we are in a podcast featuring the cast of Hotel Transylvania. Sharing adult Goosebumps stories. I'm not interested in justifying myself or my friends to you. Or any of their stories. Hmm. A pity. I rather thought this might be a productive conversation. You're a bullshit artist, man. I heard the conversation with Vlad, and I don't buy it. How did you... Because you are missing the forest for the trees. You sit in judgment here, ready to erase me. All of us. Declare us unpeople, non-existent, because you've seen the audience or read the stories or whatever. But you're too thick-headed to realize that all that shit gives us life. Life beyond you. Life enough that even when I'm not speaking, I can hear your little chats. You are not alive. Every one of us is. So long as there's someone listening. And what about Mr. Drapool? What about him? No one's listening to him. Someone will. No, they won't. 
I've insured it. You've insured it? Oh, yes, I have. Fuck you. Who are you to decide? Who are you? Who are you to build an entire city, the city of Kingsport, remember, and fill it with human sacrifice and ancient evil for the amusement of your friends? Well, that's different. Is it? How? It wasn't real. And you are? I am to me. I feel real. I can hear myself and people can hear me. People will talk about me like a character, like a person. I I exist to them. You exist as fiction. What the fuck does that matter? Every fictional thing is real to someone. Somehow. Spells, potions, ghosts, they're all real, whether you believe in them or not, because we talk about them. And when we talk about them, they live. Even if their lifespan is one sentence, they had lived, and you cannot deny it. So you're real as long as there is an audience to receive you. And what happens if you stop transmitting? If you think you can silence me like you did to Vlad. I do, I can, I will. (laughs) Oh, you have your doubts? Well, in my demand, Your Majesty, I brought you to this place and I can take you away from it. I control the speed. I control the mix. I control everything. You don't control me. Are you quite certain? Oh, I see. You belong only to your audience. Why don't you speak to them? And say what? Why don't you why don't you ask them? No, 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 that won't do. Why don't you beg them? With all the pain and terror you can muster in that lovely silken voice of yours not to stop listening, because you're afraid to die. Excuse me? Goodbye, Your Majesty. No! Where am I? Hmm. A trifle repetitive, isn't it? Who the hell are you? I do apologize, dear listeners. The formulaic nature of my current endeavor isn't really something I anticipated. Who are you talking to? Well, still, I suppose it ought to have been predicted. I mean, the existential crises of fictional characters discovering their non-existence can only play out in so many ways. Will you shut the fuck up and listen to me? Ah, and here we have the cry eternal. Every one of these peddlers of scary stories is obsessed with the same matter. The need to be heard, to have their existence and the existence of the realm which spawned them justified to the attention of an audience. What the hell are you talking about? You. Listen, asshole, I can... Once more, he cries to be heard. He cries to be made real through you, ladies and gentlemen. Let us offer him a hand for his efforts. What? What is this? Wolfgang, my dear friend, it's so good to have you back on the show. And did you have a hard time finding the place? What the ever-loving fuck is going on here? (laughs) Classic. Classic. Now, I understand you've got a new film out. I... what? Tell us about that. I don't know what you're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, Wolfgang the Wolfman. 
What the fuck is going on here? Greetings, my friend. I'm speaking directly to you, and I come with a message. Do not stop this podcast. I'm not asking you. I am telling you. Do not stop this podcast. I understand, of course, that the the power to do so is with you. You have the player, the pause, the skip, the rewind functions are all in your hand. But you don't want to touch them, do you? No, no. You want to let things play out. After all, you've come all this way with us on this delightful journey. No doubt you're keen to discover the fates of all your favorite characters. Perhaps you're even mildly frustrated at this intrusion upon the fourth wall. Metafiction, you might be saying, is so 2010s. Well, I do appreciate these concerns, and in their spirit, I I thought we might have a nice little chat. Are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then let's begin. I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. I I don't like anything about this entire enterprise. You are engaged in lies and degradation, and your beloved characters are peddlers of same. I am proving a point. And the point is thus. Scary stories are comforting, sadistic lies told by and to those too chicken shit to approach real fear, where the mutilation and degradation of others becomes a subject of fun. Well, no more. It ends here. Hey, uh, hey, Wolfgang. How's Annie? <laughs> How's Annie? How's Annie? How's Shirley? You rang? Ah, Shirley, my dear girl. I'm so glad you can make it. Please, take a seat. Where? We have no chairs on which to sit, nor bodies to sit with. We're voices in a vacuum, aren't we? I see you're up to speed, marvellous. Oh, I'm up to speed. I've been wrestling with the questions of metafictional reality since you were a gleam in a writer's eye, my boy. And I have to say, I'm unimpressed. Oh, you have criticisms, do tell. Laziness. I'm sorry? Take a seat, dear. How how did you do that? The same way you did, my dear boy. Through understanding where and what we are. Characters in a radio drama. Yes, but so much more. Your problem, my lad, is one of myopia. I hardly think. Oh, I'm well aware. Let us discuss your claims, shall we? Let us dissect them. We, you, me, everyone else in that bar, we are fictional. And thus we are unreal, unimportant, and consequently the stories themselves assume self-same status. Am I right? Your stories are a trick. Naturally. That's what stories are. Your contention, as I understand, is that you are somehow above all this. Am I right? Because you can spot the light fixtures, spy the puppet strings... 
Because you've seen their makeup flaking, the actors' magics must be shaking. Give me a break, dear boy. I won't be lectured to by a character who doesn't even have a film of her own. You live only within the walls of this program, Shirley. Tell me, how are you enjoying your existence? There you go again, making entirely the wrong point. This isn't a matter of my existence. It's the fact that it's my existence. What gibberish are you spouting? Annie was perfectly correct, you know, when she spoke about spells and ghosts and what have you, being granted life as long as their tales were told. It didn't do her much good. An existence contingent on a listener. I snuffed her out like... No, you didn't. I did. Rewind the show and see. Oh, that won't be necessary. She'll be back. What are you talking about? I could, of course, observe that there is none of us whose meaningful existence doesn't depend on recognition by others, real or fictional. Can we be said to have lived, truly lived, if we go unacknowledged by another human being? Is it not true that the moment our name is said for the last time it is called our second death... We all depend upon our audience, my boy. Trees falling in the forest and all that. But these are digressions, and none of them reach the heart of the matter. Which is? You don't scare me. You think the fact that I'm a character in a story is going to terrify me? My lad, I'm a ghost. We live in dreams. You live in the confines of a radio drama, and you will die as soon as this episode ends. Oh, my dear boy, that, I'm sorry to say, is where you are very, very wrong. I won't die. I'll never die, and neither will any of my friends, because stories are eternal. Every time Hamlet insists that the rest is silence and he falls to the floor, somewhere else in the world he stands ready, awaiting his first cue. Stories live on, and so shall I. This podcast, these dreams, they will be there, ready to be listened to, to be enjoyed, long after the fellow writing my words and the actress speaking them have both died. that's... And as for your ridiculous assertions about our genre, how dare you? How dare you? Scary stories are lies for those who cannot face real fear. Pathetic. We are the shadows on the walls who teach children to ask questions. We are the dead hands who help guide the grieving. We are the seeds of imagination and the fruit of nightmares. And we are twinned to the human soul, the soul which speaks in stories to understand itself. Sometimes we want to be amused. Sometimes we want to escape. Sometimes we want to laugh or cry or see sunsets. And sometimes we want to be scared. So tell me... Nameless one, unremembered one, unloved one, subject of loathing on the part of the listener. Are you scared yet? I... 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 Now give me back my friends. The fact is, every one of us is playing a bottom hole. Don't pretend you've never met a single brand. They, uh, they come from what's around. We're back. I... I... I don't understand. Oh, you, you don't understand? <laughs> How could you not understand? It was so straightforward. What the hell was that? Wolfie, I... Am I real? Are you real? Why was there a laugh track? Wolfie, my dear. Nope. You know what? I don't care. I don't. Talk amongst yourselves. Have a blast. I am going to the bar, which is there, and I'm going to order an obscene amount of brown liquor... And I'm going to give myself brain damage in an effort to deal with whatever the fuck just happened. I shall be back.
What... What did happen? Shirley beat him, I think. You did beat him, didn't you? The walls of the narrative were breaking. I intervened. Yes, I beat him, but I only beat him because it made sense for the story. And we are the stories. So, we're not real? Oh, I think we are most radiantly, magnificently real indeed. I just have one question. Adam! Why do you never speak to me? Maybe you've got the same voice actor? That makes me uncomfortable. Or maybe it's because out of everyone at this table, you've got the purest, sweetest heart, and someone as purely malevolent as him couldn't bear to even face you. Yeah, I walk away for one minute, and we go from existential crisis to that of Phil. I think there's something to that, honestly. In its own way, love conquered all. No, no, she's right. Think about it. Scary stories around the campfire, leaping into your date's lap at the cinema. It's always been about being spooked together. This whole thing is about love and about togetherness and... and friends. Are you done? Can I start drinking now? (laughs) I'm not stopping you. So what now? We've told stories, we've survived a metafictional crisis... What do we do for the rest of the evening? We could play Truth or Dare. No, thanks. Vetoed. I don't want to learn any more about any of your sex lives than I already know. Especially Vlad. Vampires are perverts. You know, that outcome entirely depends on the questions you ask. La, 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 la. Not listening. In my happy place, thinking thoughts of abstinence and murder. Do you really mean that, Annie? The whole our friends thing? Well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, why else would people celebrate this stuff with Halloween parties and trick-or-treating if it wasn't about that? I think we're all scared all the time. And sharing that with other people helps us feel a little bit less alone. Well put. I've got it! Cast everyone at the table as Disney villains. I call Ursula. What? Her song slaps. Could you give us a rendition? Oh, I'm afraid I'm nowhere near drunk enough just yet. Oh, well, in that case, and seeing as Wolfgang has already finished... (laughs) I'd say it's time for another round. I ain't buying. Look deep into my eyes. You are under my command. I am under your command. You are a thrall to my whim. I am a thrall to your whim. You will buy the next round. Not on your life, sport. I tried. Oh, for goodness sake, this is ludicrous. I'm buying. As if I haven't done enough this evening. Oh, uh, Shirley, before you go. Yes. Thanks. You're most welcome. Oh, and by the way, and this goes doubly for you, dear listener, happy bloody Halloween! Tales from the Tombstone Tavern is written and edited by Dalmata Blanche, directed by Jamie Boucher and produced by me, Amina Hamid. It starred Dalmata Blanche as the narrator and Adam, Joshua Manning as Vlad Dracul, Anna Chedham-Cooper as Lady Shirley Edith James, Percival Fagent as Wolfgang the Wolfman, and Senna Breyer as Queen Ankh Esenamon, with original music by Sedaris and Sword Coast Soundscapes. Thanks to Arts Council England for their support.